0: Today, we begin the program by checking in by asking, are Are you you being being served?" served? After all, this is customer service day, which may or may not actually exist. But the idea reminds me of the many years I spent in food service while also working as a reporter. Either way, Charlottesville Community Engagement exists to be the best it can be at bringing you information about the media world around I'm the host, Sean Tubbs, and I value each and every one of you, and if you have any questions, please drop me a line, and I'll try to do what I can, but please note the disclaimer in my email. On today's program, Albemarle County gets $3 million from Virginia to help position UVA's North Fork to be ready for business, and Louisa County gets quite a lot of money as well. Charlottesville City Council will review proposed new precinct boundaries at a meeting tonight. And comprehensive plan meetings abound this week, with reviews in both Greene County and Nelson County. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, one last time to tell you that the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society and the Center of Belvedere continue a series of important discussions coming up this January 17th, tonight at 6 p.m. What are the challenges and opportunities faced by local educators teaching history? A panel of history teachers will take up that topic. They are Hashim Davis of Albemarle County Public Schools, Matt Deegan of Charlottesville High School, and Sally Duncan of the Renaissance School. The event will be moderated by Annie Evans, Director of Education and Outreach with New American History at the University of Richmond. To attend in person, register at thecenterseville.org, or watch the program on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash ACHHistSOC. Albemarle County is set to receive $3 million in funding for infrastructure to help a 31 and a half acre site at the North Fork Discovery Park become more attractive for an economic development prospect yet to be named. Louisa County will receive nearly $11.6 million for the Shannon Hill Regional Business Park. The two awards are part of a $90 million package of grants announced yesterday from the Virginia Business Ready Sites grant program. In a news release, Governor Glenn Youngkin is quoted as saying that the leading priority of this program is to increase project-ready sites across the Commonwealth and that the level of funding is an important step forward in strengthening Virginia's infrastructure. Albemarle had asked for $7.5 million for the North Fork project, That's according to comments made by staff at the December meeting of the Albemarle Economic Development Authority. The EDA will also meet later today to ratify an agreement for an announcement last week of a $1.4 million investment in space at the Albemarle Business Campus for P.S. Fertility. That involves something called the Virginia Jobs Investment Programme. The largest award from the Virginia Business Ready Sites Program was $25 million for Chesterfield County for a project called Upper Magnolia Green. The city of Waynesboro will get just over $3.9 million for the Nature's Crossing Technology Center. Elsewhere in the 5th Congressional District, Pittsylvania County will get $1.5 million for the Southern Virginia Megasite at Berry Hill. Amherst County will get $322,071 for something called the Dillard Tract. The city of Lynchburg will get $261,750 for Ivy Creek Innovation Park, Sites A and B. And finally, in the 5th Congressional District, Bedford County will receive $63,750 for New London Business and Technology Center, Phase 2. Tonight, the Charlottesville City Council will meet on a Tuesday due to yesterday's celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. For more on what's in there, check out this week's week-ahead newsletter. Last month, councilors held a work session on one of the items on tonight's agenda. A committee has worked on new boundaries for the city's voting precincts, and council will hold first of two readings on enacting them. Anne Hemenway is the vice chair of the Charlottesville Electoral Board.
1: After the 2020 election, the city of Charlottesville was kind of tagged by the state board of elections um, because one of our precincts had over 4,500 active voters in the precinct. And it didn't require us to make a big change, but it did alert us that 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 particular precinct, Johnson precinct, was getting um, larger and larger.
0: Hemenway said this also presented an opportunity to address an issue at Tonsler Community Center.
1: It's just too small, and that polling place, um, that precinct was also getting larger in size because of the development in the southern part of the city.
0: Hemenway also said Alumni Hall is privately held, and there has been concern it might not be available when the city needs it. So Hemenway and Charlottesville Registrar Taylor Yowell took a look at other public schools to see if they could join the others that had been used for decades.
1: Um, The city schools are now, by state law, closed on the November elections.
0: The proposed changes would eliminate Tonsler Recreation and Alumni Hall in favor of Johnson Elementary School and Charlottesville High School. That will mean a redistribution of voters to new places to make it all work. An initial round of changes was made in response to some community feedback, mostly around people being able to walk to the polls.
1: One one of the party reps was concerned that we had moved um, friendship court back into Key Rec, which is walkable for them. And they he felt it was more appropriate that they go back to Clark, which is their original. Um, voting place because that's where those kids go to school and the families in that area um, were, you know, they just expected to be in Clark. So we moved that back.
0: Hemingway also said there was concern that some who now walk to Tonsler might not be able to walk to Buford further down on Cherry Avenue. But there's a public process that has to happen for these changes to be made. Deputy City Attorney Katrina Carlson said tonight's appearance before council is the first step. That's going to kick off a public comment period that's going to last for about 30 days. Uh, during that time, there's going to be a public, at least one public hearing during that public comment period. Um, After the public comment period, then we're going to meet again and we're going to you guys are going to approve the ordinance changes um, and they won't go into effect until a waiting period has happened. The waiting period is to allow anybody that might have a claim um, of voting suppression or or an issue to bring a claim. So that allows for that to come to you guys' attention um, should it be out there. The earliest these changes could go into effect is early April. The next election is the primary on June 20th. As of December 17th of 2022, Carlson had filed paperwork to be a candidate in one of those races in Charlottesville, as she is one of several candidates seeking the Democratic nomination for House District 54. She's joined by Fifeville resident Deshaud Cooper and former Charlottesville mayor David Brown. If the changes make it through the public process, there will be an education campaign to let affected voters know. About 40% will be affected. That's according to Charlottesville Registrar Taylor Yowell.
1: Anyone that does move precincts, they will get a new voter notice in the mail. Um, so telling them where they need to go on Election Day, it is going to be posted on our website. It does have to be posted in the newspaper.
0: Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook said he expected there to be a lot of discussion. He said he wanted to have as much of an education out in the public way before the public hearing, hence the December 17th work session.
1: Looks like roughly 40 percent of our voters will be voting someplace different from where they voted last November. And I can tell you every time we've had even tweaks to the boundary lines before, there has been great consternation.
0: On January 17th, 2023, as I record this, there is no mention of the re on the registrar's website, nor on the main news page on charlottesville.gov. You can find the information on the agenda for tonight's council meeting or right here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, The Haven will host its first-ever Community Open House on Monday, January 30th. The event is free and open to the public. With the goal of demystifying their work and the experience of homelessness, this will be an opportunity to learn more about what the Haven does and why they do it. Stop by for building tours, small bites, and an informal meet-and-greet with staff. The event begins at 112 West Market Street at 6 p.m., with remarks from the executive director at 7 p.m. You can register for the event in a link in the newsletter. Thank you for the people who shouted this out. The Week Ahead newsletter that went out on Sunday is nearly 4,000 words long. But this is where I confess I neglected to list the meeting Wednesday of the Greene County Planning Commission. That group will meet in the administration building in Standardsville at 6.30 p.m., but the meeting can be watched. You can also participate via Zoom. The first thing the group will do is elect officers in the annual organizational meeting. After that, they will continue work on the comprehensive plan review, Green County is taking a much more literal approach to the state code requirement to review the plan every five years by having the five planning commissioners go chapter by chapter rather than hiring a consultant. Here's the final paragraph of a section called Green County from Past to Present. Green County is very much a community in transition, a reality that underscores the importance of ensuring that whatever the county evolves into reflects the wishes and aspirations of those who live here. The entire draft will go before the Planning Commission at this meeting, as will the 2023 update of the Recordsville Area Plan. That plan was adopted a few years ago and is a 10-year look at what the county can do to make the unincorporated area of Rutgersville more of a place. The Planning Commission will also take up a review of the county's sign ordinance. The Board of Supervisors sent this review to the advisory body in September. Here's a staff report for this item. The Supreme Court issued a ruling that will require amendments to county zoning ordinances. It has been determined that if a sign ordinance organizes and regulates signs based on their message or content, those portions of the regulation will be subject to strict scrutiny. The report also states that the Rutgersville area plan calls for a review of the signed ordinance to address clutter. There's a really interesting map to look at on that score. There's a link in the newsletter. Take a look, click the button, tell your friends. The Nelson County Board of Supervisors and the Nelson County Planning Commission will meet Wednesday at 7 p.m. for an update on the comprehensive plan. They'll meet in room 420 in the courthouse at Lovingston. The county has hired the Berkeley Group to do that work. The last meeting on this topic was held on October 25th, and there are minutes if you want to catch up on that meeting. Chapter 2 is called Setting Our Direction and includes a current demographic profile for Nelson Today and introduces a planning framework for how to get to Nelson tomorrow. An interesting fact to note the average median age in Nelson County is 51.3 years. That's much older than the statewide average of 38.4. Chapter 6 is Protecting Valuable Resources, and this takes a look at the features of the county's natural and cultural environment that are essential to the health and quality of life of residents, such as climate, topography, sensitive landscapes, water resources, and historic resources. The strategies for this section address protection of valuable environmental resources, sustainable development, additional planning for protection of historic resources, and planning for natural hazards and climate change. An interesting fact to note from this chapter, 76.4% of Nelson County is forested. Chapter 8 is Serving the Community, which takes a look at what government services and functions exist now and what might be needed in the future. Here's a section from the description. Strategies in this chapter focus on enhancing efficiency and access to community services, expanding recreation opportunities, continued improvement and development of water and sewer infrastructure, and responsible planning through local partnerships. One thing I learned from this chapter is that Nelson County is a member of the Region 2000 Services Authority, which operates a regional landfill in Rustburg and Campbell County. That facility is expected to be at capacity by 2029. But that is it for this episode, Six Years Away from Men, and let's begin this section with a fun fact. Four years ago, I was not a working journalist, but I decided to be one a couple years later. For the month of January of 2019, as practice, I put it together a rudimentary version of this newsletter just to see if I could do it. The entry for January 16th, 2019, contains the same kind of news stories you've come to expect, and I've come to produce, but it's a little bit bit not quite there yet. Go take a look and a listen. Thanks to hundreds of you, I have been able to devote my full attention to this work for the past two and a half years each and every day. I'm hoping to set up to do this work for the rest of my life and to serve the community in which I've grown up and lived. Everything has fallen into place so far, but there's a long way to go. You all are helping me to get there. Thanks to Ting for matching the initial payment for all Substack subscribers, and thanks to those Substack subscribers. I am currently putting together a plan to hire people to assist me in this work, so if you're a paid subscriber, that's part of what you are helping to build. And if you want to upgrade your internet provider, check out Ting. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you will get free installation, a second month for free, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall, and uh, my thanks, most certainly, because supporting Ting is supporting Charlottesville community engagement. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and I am really looking forward to getting to start to write the next one, because there's some big stuff that's going to be in this one, I think. At least big to me, maybe big to you, small to somebody. These are all just adjectives, and Putting them together in sequence hopefully makes some sense and helps you understand more of Charlottesville, the community, so you can be engaged. And go eat a bit. Goodbye.